0: Or email us at hello at coastline nsb.com let's coastline church how are y'all doing this morning Man, <laughs> I'll tell you what um, I want to say thank you for coming and hanging out with us on Labor Day uh, weekend um, if I had to bet this will probably be the uh, the most uh, highest attended online service that we have all year because it's like the first three-day weekend since you know school started and people are out and about. And so if you're tuning in online, that's no judgment. You do you. Uh, thanks for tuning in and watching us. Um, also, if you checked in last week, we had a, uh, some technical difficulties. But I hear we're up and running this week. And so thanks for uh, tuning in wherever you're at. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hope you guys have a good weekend, too. Hope you guys have, uh, have, have any of you guys already gone out and made some memories with family? You've been doing some fun things? Three people, good job. The rest of you guys have been just catching up on chores, right? Yeah, I know that life. I know that life, right? Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, your weekend. Uh, Be safe. Um, I'm excited for uh, today for a couple of of different reasons. One is because this is probably, uh, the topic I'm going to speak on is probably one of the things I have the most difficulty with as a human being in general. Like, it's one of these things that, like, of, of the struggles I have in life, this is one of my biggest struggles. We've been going through this series for the past couple weeks called Rooted. And specifically, we're talking about, like, the foundation of our faith. How can we continue to feed ourselves spiritually in such a way that, that we grow these strong roots in our faith? And it's this firm foundation that, that will last and stand for years and decades to come. And over the past couple of weeks, we talked about the importance of using Scripture as a food, you know, we, we need to continually be in the Word, continuing to feed ourselves with the Scripture, this, this amazing uh, gift that God has given us. That's uh, a, a book filled with many other books written by many different authors over years and years and years. But it's a great opportunity for us to continue to dive in and, and feed ourselves spiritually. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, the importance of service, of how we're supposed to serve one another how we're supposed to step out of, of what's our, in our comfort zone and, and help those that are in need as well as help our neighbors as we would help our, even our own, our own selves. And last week we specifically talked about being selfless, about how we get the mentality, the idea that that's not all about me, that life isn't about, about you, that there's a bigger part at play. This week I want to take another step into, I don't know if you noticed, all these start with an S. But this this next week, this week I want to talk to specifically about how we can can use solitude to continue to grow our faith. And so if you will, uh, let me pray real quick for us and we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, as we read uh, the words that were said by your son, God, as we we read the words that uh, these apostles wrote and the ones that followed him closely wrote, Um, as we, as we look back and see how you communicated, uh, to the prophets of old, God, I pray that, that you would communicate even to us, that you would, that your Holy Spirit would come down and adjust us and, and, and help us work through the tension of, of what we might feel with this, that we would come out the other side better than what we were before. I thank you so much for how you're continuing to, to use these things to grow our faith in Jesus name. We pray everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Solitude. Does anyone here have a problem like being alone? Like, alone is, you notice no moms right now are raising their hands at all. Because moms, you're like, alone, that's a vacation. I'm going to, especially if you got small kids. Man, moms, you guys can't do, like, anything alone, can you? You can't use the bathroom alone. You can't take a shower alone. It's like you got these small human beings that are coming around. It, probably even as they get older, Eric and I have got two kids. Uh, one's eight and one's five. Uh, I never feel like I'm alone. Uh, but also as they get older, I'm sure like your phone probably doesn't stop blowing up. Dads, you don't feel alone because you keep looking at your bank account and you're like, man, these little jokers, they cost a lot of money, right? The idea of alone to, to, to some of us right now would, be pretty, would pretty be, uh, be pretty fun, right? Moms, you'd like, I want some alone time. How many of you guys would like to go to, to Target by yourselves? Maybe get a little Starbucks coffee, go hang out a little bit by yourself. It would be, be a good time had by all. But in that... I'm not necessarily talking about, like, alone time from, from the stress of life. We all enjoy those things. The alone time that I have an issue with, that I have trouble with, is the time where, where you're not out at Target. You're not, you're not hanging out with friends. You're not on, on Instagram on your phone looking at Reels and sharing them with your spouse. You're not out people watching. It's, it's the alone time where, where it's just you and nothing else. Where, where it's just that time of, of the, there's not a whole lot of noise bombarding you, a whole lot of, of, of things that are distracting you, of things you, no, there's not a bunch of chores that, that are pulling your attention away or work that you've got to do. It's a time where there's literally, there's literally nothing. That silence, that, that, that solitude, that stepping back and pushing all of it away for a second. It's one of those things that, that for me I find is is sometimes uncomfortable and tough to do. Even when it comes to, to, my, to my prayer life, if I can be transparent for you with a little bit, it's one of those things where, where I don't have a problem sitting and, and praying and talking to God. It's the times when I, I stop and, okay, God, now I've just got to sit here and, and listen and and not pull open my phone and not get distracted by the world around me. That That silence and solitude is... It's a tough thing to do, but but as we see what Jesus did and how he lived, specifically, Luke, he writes in chapter 5, verse 16, he says, but Jesus often, that's, that means many times he withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. That means he he, he he got away from some people. He got away from those that were close to him. He got away from, from the world around him. It wasn't one of those things where he just stepped away from, from his 12. It wasn't like he just found a a room in the city or something like that and, 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 and prayed, he, he specifically got away from anything and everything that would distract him. That, that idea of solitude is sometimes difficult for us to, to imagine because we live in a world where, where it's, it's literally everything is bombarding you, commercial, commercial, uh, ism is, is bombarding you. Social media is bombarding you. Your kids, your husband is probably bombarding you. There's, there's so many things that want your time and want something from you. The idea of step away and being by yourself is pretty difficult. But as, although it's difficult, it's also something that we need. You recognize this a little bit with uh, men. We, you know When it comes to driving, we, we never get lost, right? We always know which direction we're going, right? Wives, you know, don't ever ask your husband if you're lost, he knows exactly, exactly what's going on. But Erica can always tell when I'm lost because I'll be driving down the road and it's something and like, I think there's, a, and I'll go to turn the volume down on the truck, like turn the, anyone, anyone do that? Like you're at a point where you're like trying to find your way and you're like, I'm turning, now I'm turning the volume. How does that help you drive? I'm gonna turn down the volume of the radio because it's going to help my ability to drive. It's something that we subconsciously we recognize that, like, okay, there's too much coming at me right now. There's, there's too many things going on, and I need to, I need to focus. So something's got to give. Something's got to get turned down a little bit. But we, for some reason, in our, in our everyday walk, our, our, our life, we, we think that's not the case. Monday morning, Erica said she wanted to go out, and uh, we wanted to watch the, uh, the rocket go off. You know, there's a, uh, what's the name of the rocket Happy. Atticus or something like that. Art- Artemis. I don't know what an Atticus is. I hope it's not a, like a bad thing the kids are talking about nowadays. I'll be on YouTube. Artemis. Is that it? Artemis. It's supposed to be like the biggest rocket in NASA history. So we go and we put the boat in the water and we go down the Mosquito Lagoon. We will try to go as far south as we can go. And about, I don't know how long down there, Erica says, uh-oh, there's some type of hydrogen leak. I'm like, well... On a rocket, that's probably not a good thing, right? Hydrogen leaking—that's probably shouldn't. They go down there, like, oh, we're gonna work on it. We got some things figured out, and the, the countdown is still going on. And finally, got to the, the end somewhere around like eight o'clock. They said, "You know what? We're calling it. We're stepping back. We're stopping." Because they realize that there's there's too much going on. There's not there's there's a whole lot that's coming at them right now. They they're they're there for a mission. They've got to fulfill the mission with all the things that are happening. It's just. We got to stop. We got to separate. So they moved the date back. It was supposed to be yesterday, right? Guess what? Didn't happen yesterday. Rocket didn't go off. I don't know how many of you guys were out looking for it. it was supposed to go off on Monday, but even it's not going off on Monday anymore. They keep December nineteenth. I don't know. Look on the news. It's <laughs> terrible, man. It's <sighs> but this whole organization, they they're like hey there's too much we got to stop we got to step back we got to push push the date back a little bit and i'm sure it costs money i'm sure it's one of those things that took a lot of time there's it's it's not an easy process but they knew you know what we got to we got to create some separation i think it's something that when it comes to our culture our culture celebrates like being overly connected and, and being busy. That's something like, I mean, when you talk to people, like, how's life going? Oh, man, it's busy. Oh, that's great, man. That must be good. But I think what Jesus shows us is that there's times in our lives where we've got to recognize that we've got to take a step back. We've got to find some solitude. And we've got we've to experience life with just us and just God. And, and I think it's something that, that we don't, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me, especially this is not something we do enough. It's not something that I do enough. It's not something that us as a church does enough of pulling back, pushing everything away, pulling away distraction and saying, God, it's just just you and me. Um, Erica sent me this. It was an Instagram reel uh, this past week of uh, Fred Rogers. How many of you guys know who Fred Rogers is? Uh, Fred Rogers was uh, a guy that, I think in the early 70s, started a show called Mr. Rogers. Anybody watch Mr. Rogers? When I I was a kid, I was a Mr. Rogers like junkie, man. I love Mr. Rogers. That guy kept, the the other day I felt like Mr. Rogers because I talked Erica into letting me get a pair of Crocs. But she's like, okay, well, these got to be your house Crocs. You can't walk outside with them. So I literally, they're like white and fur lined. They look ridiculous. But I come inside and I take off my flip flops and I put on my put on my Crocs, and I'm like, I'm Mr. Rogers. I ain't putting on a sweater inside, that's crazy. But, like, somebody wants to be my neighbor. Watching his shows and stuff like that, it was always a message of positivity and trying to teach you know, young people uh, good moral values. And, but she sent me this video, and what you see on Fred's face, I can call him Fred because we're friends now, we're both adults. <clears throat> What you see on his face is, is not one where he's smiling and trying to be someone's. Name. It's, it's one of, like, worry and, and almost, like, distress. And um, he said this, and he says, I'm very concerned that our society is much more invested in information than wonder, in noise rather than silence. He says, how do we encourage reflection. Because, oh my, this is a noisy, noisy world. Based off of what I read in the Bible, I feel like the times in which we see God communicate the most to his people is in times of solitude and silence. It's when people have, have pulled away. When it came to Moses, he communicated to Moses. Moses was up on the mountain by Him by himself. Specifically, when it comes to the, uh, uh, the, the prophet Elijah, Elijah comes to God and he's frustrated with, with God's people because they're not doing what God told them to do and they're not listening to him, they won't listen to reason, they're going down a path and he gets frustrated and he comes to God and God communicates to him in a way that he's trying to clarify to him where, where God is and how to continue to pursue him. So 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11 it says this it says and as Elijah stood there said the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. It was powerful. It says, but the Lord was not in the wind. It says, after the wind was there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But it says, and after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. You know, I remember going through uh, to Bible college and praying at some point um god like you know me i'm not very smart you just tell me what you want to do. like write it in the sky tell me audibly like give me give me like do some, send me an email or a text message or something that's just so blatant and like that i i'll know exactly what i'm supposed to do I tell you to this day, I've, I've yet to have that happen, but every time God has talked to me, it's been, it's been that still small voice that, that almost whisper, the thing where I'm, you're almost like, wait, was, that was God. And I think the world that we live in, the culture that we have of busyness and so much noise being bombarded with us, we get to the point where we get distracted and we expect, God, God, you're going to have to show up in a mighty earthquake or you have to show up in this giant wind. And he's like, I- I'm here. You just got to create some space and some solitude and have some, some time of silence and, and listen, listen to me. When it comes to the, the, the prayers that we even pray, Many of us, we spend time in prayer, and we're, we're talking, and we're, 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 we're talking, and we're talking, and we're talking, and we're talking. We say amen, and then we get up, and we walk away. And I think, I think part of what God wants us as, as followers is to look at what Jesus did, and look how he communicated to his people in, in years past, and make sure that when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our relationship with him, we're spending time in solitude of just stepping back, maybe putting our phone on silence or do not disturb for a little while, to to not be in a place in which we're going to get distracted by the kids and the the, the many, many needs that they're going to have. Guess what, moms? Your kids are going to have needs. They're going to have needs tomorrow. They're going to have needs the next day. And probably for the next 25 years, they're going to need something out of you. Maybe it's time we say, hey, unless, unless your sister's hair is on fire, stay away for a little bit. Go hang out with your dad. We've got to spend some time pulling back from, from even work, having good boundaries and saying, hey, you know what? Like, this is a job I'm called to. But before that, I've, I've got to protect myself. I've got to prote- make sure I'm continuing to feed my relationship with God. And for that to happen, I've got to have some solitude. I've got to have some space, and some time, and some silence by my own self. My daughter, Olivia, is uh, probably the most trying 8-year-old I've ever met in my entire life she's a genius for, for something. I don't even know what it is yet, but like, I guarantee you she's going to be a lawyer one day because that girl loves to argue and will like try to like, I'm like, I'm 38 and she's eight and somehow she thinks she knows more than me. I don't even, she's, she's fully confident she does. This past week we, we got into it because she's supposed to have this uh, reading program where she reads 20 minutes a day. And at the end of it, she's supposed to like take a test or do homework or something. And it's been a struggle all week long so it came down to just a couple days ago I said no no, no we're stopping everything you got to read like five minutes later I turn around and she's sitting on the couch while her brother is watching spider-man she's got a book like this she's totally watching spider-man she's not reading at all I look at her she's like I'm reading she's like pointing at the book like I'm an idiot I'm like I'm like baby you're gonna get you're getting distracted go find a quiet place and go read she goes, ah, fine. She walks away. Next thing I know, she's at the dining room table with a book in front of her, watching the TV, watching Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm like, baby, you're getting distracted. You've got to go read. Took like 20 minutes to like, talk her into understanding. Like, You've got to get away from distraction. You've got to push away from, from where you're at. Put everything else aside and go focus on this. And in that moment, I felt like God was saying, he's like, son, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell you to do the same thing. There's so many times that I get caught up in the action. Even in, even in my relationship with God, I get caught up in the, 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 the prayer time of like, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, or, or I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. At some point, he says, I also want you to just stop and listen for a little bit. Find some solitude, find some peace, and pull back. And just Listen. To what I got to say, Matthew chapter six, verse six. I'm sorry uh, for whoever's running uh, the the words back there. I, I did not put this one in until the very end. But Jesus communicating to his followers, he's talking about prayer. He says, "When you pray, this is this is how you're supposed to do it." He says, "Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private." Then your father who sees everything will, will reward you. Part of the relationship we have is part of building our faith is, is this element that we're supposed to pull away and find solitude. And something we're supposed to do often. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually. If you do something continually, you, you're doing it a lot, right? It's something that, that you're committed to. You know what I do continually right now? I breathe, right? That's something I'm going to continue to do. I, I probably continually eat. It's not something I, it doesn't look like I've missed a meal lately, right? It took me 38 years to build this body. The Bible says that continually we're supposed to be in prayer. Continually we're supposed to find time to, to pull away and be by ourselves. And be with him. Finally, we see Jesus in one of his final moments. The time in his life in which he's stressed out more than anything. He knows what's happening next. After his his last supper with his disciples. It says this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. It says, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. He said, "Sit here while I go over there to pray." He told his disciples, he, said, "I want you to stay here. I'm going to find some solitude." He said that with that though, he took, he took a couple of them with him. So he took Peter and Zebedee,'s two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, "My soul is crushed with grief. To the point of death stay here and keep watch with me and he went on a, a little further he bowed his face to the ground jesus in and one of the most stressful and tough times in his life to the point where he knows he's here for with a mission he knows what he's supposed to do he knows the countdown has started. He says, I've I got to stop. i got to find some solitude. And i got to connect with my father. Coastline, uh, whether this is your first time here, or may- maybe you've been here for the past five years, I, f- I feel like part of what you're supposed to take away here today is this, is that In your life, you're being bombarded with so much noise. So many things want your attention people, businesses, social media, your work. And I think there's come a time where God is starting to feel like he's in competition for this, for your time. But I'm going to tell you, of all those things that that want something from you, he's the only one that can help you get through what you're going through. He doesn't say, stop, find solitude, find time with me because he wants something from you. It's because he wants something for you. He knows that you were not created to continually be bombarded, to continually be hit with, with all these things coming around. He needs you to... He wants you to stop so he can speak into you and give you the tools that you need to not just survive, but to thrive and do better than what you're doing now. I promise you, if you'll take time in silence and solitude, the foundation of your faith, your faith will continue to grow and become rooted. We're going to do something that's probably maybe the one of the most uncomfortable things that we've done here at Coastline. We've got a fantastic band in here in the next few minutes. They're going to lead us in worship, and I'm thankful for thankful for Hunter and even his ability to come up and play behind me while I'm closing. But for the next minute, we're going to do something that You just kind of don't do in church because it feels awkward. For the next minute, we're gonna stand or sit in silence. And 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 what's gonna happen in that that minute is you're gonna find the urge to like wanna look around the room for a second. I want to challenge you to fight that urge. There's some of you that were like, maybe you got dragged by your wife to church or something. You're going to want to like pull open your phone and like check what happened in the the game last. I want to challenge you to push past that for a second. To push past the distraction and for just one minute. To sit in silence. And maybe, maybe give God the opportunity to speak something to you. So with that, let's... Let's do that now. I'm going to come back. Don't worry. Let's push through it for a minute. You know, for first thirty seconds of that, it feels real awkward. But then after that, you you start to hear things that you weren't hearing before. You start to hear the fans of the various electrical equipment in the room that are whirling. You start to hear the beating, the the start to start to creak a little bit. It's it's funny how some silence will start to get you to observe some things that you didn't even see were there. My hope for you this week is this. My challenge for you is to spend some time, spend some time in solitude. Get away by yourself. And after you're talking to God, after you spent that time in prayer, to stop and sit and just let him speak back to you. Maybe there's something he'll cause you to think about. Maybe there's something that he'll cause to, he'll put on your heart that you that you need to change or you need to do. But give him the opportunity to speak into you. I promise you, you'll be better for it. As your pastor, I, I want you to know that I love you guys very much. I know some of you guys are going through some very serious things. I want to let you know that I'm in prayer for you. If there's something I can be doing to help you, something that is beyond prayer, know that, that I'm here and I want to help. Feel free to reach out to me during the week. When I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, email. Reach out to me. I'd love to help able to help you out. With that, I'm gonna pray for us, and the band's gonna come up and lead one more, lead us in one more song before we leave here this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we take these times this week, as we as we adjust our schedules to a point where we make sure we're spending time in silence and solitude to hear from you, God, I pray that you would speak to us. That you would teach us along the way, that you would go through our lives, that you would start to refine us. And make us the person that we're supposed to be. That you would encourage the things that that we're doing that that, that you want. And you would help us put away the things that we shouldn't have anything to do with. Ultimately, God, I pray that as we spend this time in, in solitude, as we pull away, that, God, you would be preparing us for what's to come for what you have for us in life. And I thank you so much for all that you're continuing to do. As we follow you, I pray that the best would still be yet to come. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.